We have breaking news from the Untitled Catholic Podcast. John McQuaid, owner of the podcast, and his lovely wife, Megan, have had a beautiful baby boy, Patrick McQuaid, weighing eight pounds and one ounce. Congratulations, John and Meg, and know of our prayers. priest, his brother, and a married guy walk into a podcast to discover the deepest truths of our day. If you're a seeker of ancient wisdom, interdimensional museums, and the Baltimore Catechism, then this is not the show for you. You're listening to the Untitled Catholic Podcast. And it starts right now. Episode 33 of the Untitled Catholic Podcast. I'm Ron Burgundy. Hmm. <laughs> is it 33 yes when i say the number 33 father sean what do you think of it's a very quick and simple answer go patrick ewing that's what oh, yeah. I, that's not what i was thinking of i was thinking of nickelodeon because that's oh it was channel 33 when we were kids oh man but it was You're close patrick right. ewing's close remember the patrick ewing commercial <laughs> the snickers one <laughs> Oh, that Patrick was great. Chewing. Patrick Chewing. <laughs> Hi, Brian. Uh. <laughs> so I just found out today, actually, while we're at the topic of Patrick Ewing, I think Charlie Ward is coming to our last show of the tour. Really? The He's Charlie Ward. He's a big fan of uh, Toby Mac? I guess so. I don't know. We'll find out. That doesn't surprise me. We had... Um, he was a Christian dude. He would be like the biggest, uh, biggest celebrity of the tour so far. The biggest celebrity appearance of this tour, but not in general. You've not met in general. Thibault, You've met Carson Wentz, but that was outcry. Was Carson Wentz outcry? Yeah, I've met Ben Roethlisberger. Speaking of which, Kirk Cousins is with the Vikings, so the Jets are screwed. But I digress. But you don't want to digress. <laughs> you want to rant about it a little longer, no, I want to rant you? about it I'll just say really quick that this I, I will tell you today's date is whatever but come April after the draft the Jets will not have a quarterback they will sign Teddy Bridgewater and that'll be it they'll sign Teddy Bridgewater Josh McCowan and they will not draft a quarterback because the Bills are going to trade ahead to get a quarterback and then the Jets are going to draft the guard from Notre Dame, and he's going to turn out to be a bust, just like Quentin Copel's. So it's safe to say you don't like that. You don't like that. I do. <laughs> I, I, Kirk really, <laughs> I really wanted Kirk Cousins, but whatever. That's Jets are never going to win. A, they're never going to win a Super Bowl. It doesn't matter who they draft. It doesn't matter who they sign. They're never going to win. I mean, Kirk Cousins was no guaranteed to a Super Bowl. No, but I mean, he's at least an established, really good quarterback. There's a there's a really good chance they're going to wind up with one of these uh, rookie quarterbacks anyway. I the more I think about it, the I like the idea of Baker Mayfield. Why? I not? don't know. I mean, I mean, it, you're not getting Sam Darno. So is it Darnold? At, I'm I'm just. It Travis should be Darnold. Darnold. Isn't Travis Darno Sam Darnold? The same person. I think it might be Sam Darnold. I don't know. Um, same guy. Changing the topic, uh, the house next door to mine is open for lease. 
So I'm currently looking out the window, and it looks like someone just pulled up to check out the house. And there have been people checking out the house like the last couple weeks. And apparently yesterday, Ricky was getting the mail, and an old lady pulled up and said, Hey, you know anything about that house next door? And then he said, No. And she goes, she goes Well, I live up at the street. In the past three years, people are just coming in and out of that house. They must be haunted in there. And then she drove away. So now I'm scared that the house that <laughs> behind is haunted. Who cares? It, doesn't affa- it hasn't affected you. I know, but I'm just saying, Father Sean, can, next time you come, can you bless that house? I'll bless that house, too. You Ricky wanna... was celebrating National Cereal Day a few days ago. <laughs> Eat the dry, dry cereal. Sure. Dry <laughs> cereal. You don't want a haunted house next door to yours. That's not a good look. Why? I mean, I guess it, it makes really you uneasy. It doesn't ma- unless unless you're trying to sell it. Yeah, I but also just think d- of it. Think of it this way: now, next time someone moves in there, you get to stand outside in front of your house and just sh- shake your head at them. <laughs> Should never come around here. You'd never come around here. Big Lock- mistake. <laughs> Lock Big your windows, mistake. Well, I'm hoping now. I'm like, I feel like an old man. I'm I'm looking and I'm like, who's who's checking the house out? Are they going to be good neighbors or not? Or should I scare them away like they did in Step Brothers? That's I knew you were going to go right there. Right there. Right to the Step Brothers, huh? Right. See, right? So, thankfully, there's another snow day for Nolan, which is why we're able to record mid-afternoon, which fits our schedule. We won't get into the snow day, but... Yeah, we talked enough about snow days this year and this podcast season, so let's not... Let's not go there. I just want to say one last thing about that. This is my first snow day. So, all right, snow days. What are you doing on your snow day then? Just catching up on a lot of stuff. Are you going to take any time to yourself today, Father Sean? Oh, I'm going to take. I'm going to take most of the time for myself. So then, for Father Sean, a day in the life of a snow day. I know we just said we were going to talk about snow days, but a day in the life of a day off for Father Sean. That would make for a good documentary. It depends on how the day off happens. If it's a scheduled day off. Then I tend to go home and visit our parents or yes. visit friends and stuff like that. If it's a day where it's an unexpected day off because things were canceled, then I'd kind of just like hide from the world. So you're hiding from the world today? Yes. So While recording watch. for something that dozens of people are going to listen to. There's going to be literally dozens of people listening to this. Yes. The jig, the jig is up. The jig is up. Are you going to watch TV? Are you going to read? Are you gonna, what are you going to do? Well, so far, I've been working on a video project that I promised someone I would work on. So that's what I've been doing most of the day so far, other than praying and stuff like that. And I celebrated the early Mass today. Good catch with the saying, making sure everyone remembers that you pray. <laughs> <laughs> um. So your well, your your day away from people is consisting of work that you owe someone else. Uh, yeah, but it was something that I like to do, so it's not that bad. You know what? I just realized I never watched the second season of Stranger Things. You what? Should, you should get on that. I know. I'm like, and yet it still hasn't been spoiled for me. And then and then go back and listen to our fresh and familiar episode. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Both fresh and familiar. And familiar. So then, Nolan, what does your uh, week consist of? This week? Yeah. Well, this week is kind of the calm before the storm, because next week I have a lot of late nights. 
at the school. Next week's a big week. It's Spirit Week at my school. We're also hosting some other events at uh, Holy Trinity. We have the uh, the podcast with uh, our buddy uh, Ike, hopefully, um, because of the uh, Holy Hour and, uh, and concert he's doing up here in New York. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, this week is not too crazy. Just... Uh, just living out my uh, my mission at, at the school and um, and and getting ready for next week, which is going to be a lot of late nights. So then, when do you start your spring break, your Easter vacation? Is that Monday of Holy Week, Tuesday, Wednesday? I start um, technically Thursday. Uh, okay, yeah. so Holy Thursday, Holy Thur- and then Holy you Thursday have the week the- following Easter off. Si, senor. So, you also have a cup of tea in front of you, which you've never been part of a taste test. I've never been part of a taste test. And this actually just dawned on me to right before we did this, as I was making this tea. I was going to make myself a regular cup of tea or something less exotic. But for my birthday, I received a package of Samoa Girl Scout cookie infused black tea. Which, well, happy birthday to you, Nolan Reynolds. Well, it's not today, but thank you very much. It was, <laughs> it was on Saturday. Wait, so you have Samoa tea right now? Samoa tea, which could it, it could only go one of two ways. It could either be absolutely disgusting or delicious and delightful. But I guess that's what the live taste test is all about, right? So let's see. Let's see. Is it still hot? Well, no. Now it's it, it's hot. It's warm. Um, it probably tastes best when it's a little hotter, but this will have to do. All so right. So here goes, here goes nothing. Actually doesn't taste that much different than regular black tea. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I, I think if I had put a little sugar in here, it would, like you can taste it, it which, which is actually good. Cause I'd rather a tea that's like a hint of another flavor and not like. I don't know. A is lot it, of a, an, is it. Are you guys tea say, drinkers? Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. Is so it it's pretty to, good, actually. Is it safe to say that you would drink Samoa of it at another time? I I would Samoa. <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. Yes. The answer is yes. The short answer is yes. Um, I, I will fi- I will polish off this box of tea in in due time. I have a confession to make uh, while we're on the topic of beverages. Um, the other day, I found myself purchasing. A ginger kombucha. Whoa! Gingerade. A gingerade one, because I was. Was it craving, your Was it your own money that you used? It was my own money, um, and I was in Kroger, and I like, like I've confessed before, I really like beet juices with ginger and lemon in it, and I was looking for one of those, and they were nowhere to be fi- found at a Kroger, so I was just craving something with ginger in it, and I think I'm like, really determined to not get sick for this tour and i have one weekend left so i was like the way to not get sick is to have something with ginger in it so i drank a ginger kombucha and how did it make you feel uh half like the first half of the bottle i'm like this is good and then the second half i'm like why did i do this it just tastes like mushroom juice I, w- I really meant emotionally. How did it make you feel? <laughs> well, it was a, it was an emotional ro- roller coaster. 
physically, I'm, I'm still doing okay. That's good. Yeah, I don't think I'd ever buy it myself. I drink, I drink a ginger green tea every night on the road. So, yes, I do drink tea, Nolan. There you go. Yeah, I've become more of a tea drinker recently. Was it hot tea or cold tea? Hot tea. But you're a coffee guy, right? Me? Yeah. Yes, for sure. I love my coffee, but... <laughs> me? Who, <laughs> <laughs> oh, me? Who, oh, me? Who, oh, me? Father Sean doesn't drink coffee, except in Nashville, when it's honey meows. I tried it. I don't know if I would have it again, though. Oh, well, what is it? It was it was Do like a, a honey, honey, uh, honey, honey cinnamon latte. Yeah, it was good. If it, it would be like if it were that with tea, I would like it better. See, that's not coffee to me though. That sounds like des- liquid dessert. It's oh, not it's dessert delicious. though. It's not. It's not like a. It's not like you're going to Starbucks and just drinking sugar. Maybe I'll go to Starbucks and get a frappuccino. Frappuccino. <laughs> We'll be right back. Uh, Father Sean looks like he's angry at us right now. He's like, he just he just put his hand into his hand like he was like disgusted. I don't know if he was disgusted by that or just by my mustache. I think he just questioned the, doing this podcast in that moment. Yeah, I'm starting to have doubts again. He said, oh. "I'm taking I'm taking this day to myself, and this is how I'm spending. This is, it. I'm wasting it with you losers. Just I immediately kidding. regret this decision. These just two jabronis." Kidding. I've made a terrible choice. I made a huge mistake. <laughs> so, you know how, have I said on the podcast that every Sunday on the road I wear a turtleneck? Yes, you have said that. My neck got really irritated this week from wearing a turtleneck. <laughs> After like all these years of wearing one? It was kind of humid in San Antonio. And I just, I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wear my turtleneck. And I think I was the only one that stuck with it this week. And then I took it off and my neck was all red. I'm like, why did I do that to myself? It's worth it for the turtleneck though, isn't it? I, I think it is. Especially, I mean. You're not at that point yet where you're considering giving them up, right? No, no, no. I mean, I was a little discouraged this week when I was the only one wearing it. But, I mean, there were 13,100 people at the show. I had to dress to impress. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Untitled Catholic Podcast. So Father Sean mentioned um, that the movie, what's it called? Just St. Paul? Paul the Apostle, I think it's called. And when does that come out? March 23rd, I think. So that's the Friday before Good Friday. Is it actually going to be like in most theaters? It's going to have a wider release. It's it's not like like one of those like, uh, on the download Christian movies, you're gonna be able to see it in more in in not every theater, but or any theater, but it'll be available. Like I think it'll be in like the bigger theaters. Okay. So it's not it's not as popular as Passion of the Christ was. Uh no, I don't think it will be because Mel Gibson didn't direct it. But yeah. it seems like a legitimate movie. Yes, it doesn't look like a cheesy movie. So, are you guys... Someone's okay? under attack! You guys hear that? Yes. <laughs> She's like... 
Because you're just going to hear your door bust open in. Ah! <laughs> That's what I keep waiting for. <laughs> kids just running, attacking you. That's awesome. Um, so will, will both of you guys see the movie? That's my plan because I just got the movie pass, which is basically I found out is like a, a movie debit card. Every day they put fourteen ninety five on there, and you can see any movie you want uh, for that price every day. But it doesn't carry over. Like if you don't use it, they take it back. Right, but you can use it towards two tickets. I found out. Really? Yeah. But just, so if if you're saying if a movie is only ten bucks, you use the fourteen ninety five, and you could put. And so if you if I went with you and you didn't have the movie pass, I would my movie would be covered, and you would get like four dollars off your movie. Interesting. Yeah. But if then if you if you go to the theater that the ticket's fourteen bucks, then then you can get one dollar or ninety five cents or whatever it is. Very interesting. Yeah. Um. So will you go as like a church function there, Father Sean? No, I don't really want to see it with other people because if I don't like it, I don't want to have to tell people I didn't like it. That's fair. A lot, I know that feeling. A lot of times these movies aren't that good. There's one guy, uh, Jerry Kotler, uh, who I go to the movies with sometimes. And uh, every movie I've ever seen with him, except for the last one we saw, we disagreed with. What was the last one you saw? Black Panther. Did you like it? I did. I liked it. And he didn't? No, he did. Well, this is the first one we both liked. Oh, okay. So what's an example? I, of I haven't heard anyone liked? say anything bad about Black Panther anyway. Yeah. So. I, I saw The Shack with him. He loved it. I didn't like it. Then we saw Thor Ragnarok. I liked it. He didn't. And now this is the first time we've agreed. So you're afraid well, that if you go as a church function, you don't like it, you won't be able to hide it. Well, I'm not going to lie and be like, oh, that was great. I, I think you have less to worry about with this movie, but I understand your position because I've felt that way before. Because there's some people who, if a movie is Christian, they like it. Right. I got into an and, argument at World Youth Day about God is not dead. Oh, it's movie, it's not good. That movie's awful. <laughs> yeah. So will you then see Paul Nolan? Um, I'll be honest with you, I, I, 99.9% won't see it in the theaters, um, just because I don't get to go to the movies a lot. In fact, um, Black Panther, seeing that in the movies this weekend was like a special treat for my birthday, and, uh, the last movie I saw was, I think, November, and that was was Thor, which just happened to be luck that I was, um, I was away I was at uh, it was at, in Indianapolis. Did you see? So you didn't see this new Star Wars in theaters? Oh, you, you're right. I did see it. Okay. So you, but you see a pattern here: Star Wars and, yeah. and Marvel movies. So, but I, I definitely, and that's not because I don't want to see the Paul movie. I actually do. I probably said on this podcast that I always thought that, um, you know, the Acts of the Apostles would make for a absolutely great uh, movie. So I'm definitely excited to see it. I just, I don't, I don't see carving out time between you know anytime soon that it's gonna open that i'll be able to see it so when i'll be waiting for it to be released on you know on demand or dvd or something that's fair i think i think it's gonna be good because jim caviezel is great i mean it looks cool the only reason why i'm gonna see it in theaters is because i have the movie pass you in the movie pass gosh i said talked about it twice that's it calm down that's all calm down 
Did did you get this movie pass at a priest conference or something? No, <laughs> no. But I can assure you that it's good, good, good. <laughs> is the tea um, still? Speaking of, is the tea still good, good? It is. I wish I would have put some sugar in it though, but that's about it. Yeah, you learn from your mistakes. You um, do. So is this kind of the only quote unquote Catholic movie that has gone in theater since? Passion of the Christ. I don't know if it's Catholic. I don't think it's Catholic. Why? What would make it not Catholic? Why isn't it Catholic? Well, because... Are you sure? I don't think it was made by Catholics. How sure sure? are you of that? I'm not sure. I'm just saying I I don't think. I know Doug Doug Took, who is a youth minister and is involved with with Life Teen, among some other um, pretty cool Catholic ministries. Um, I'm pretty sure... He's been promoting the movie, and I think he has something to do with it. And um, not that that makes it ha- have to be Catholic, but I don't know. I got the impression that the company that, that made it was Catholic. Or at least like the producers or... Yeah, somebody somebody involved is Catholic. Because it's like a big time production, right? I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, it's not like... It's not like Paul's gonna even if it's not. It's not like Paul's gonna turn around in the middle of the movie and look at the the, the camera and be like, "I never meant to be a church father or something yeah, like that." Or like Peter, <laughs> Peter's not the first pope. Yeah, <laughs> like like Peter Peter says in the movie, like like I am pope now, and he's like, "No, you're not. There's no such thing. There's, There's no nothing in the Bible thing. that says that." <laughs> <laughs> we don't even have a Bible yeah. yet, though. But, but there will be. I think because Jim Caviezel, I mean, he spoke at the Focus Conference, so he's uber Catholic. I mean, he's Jesus. But yeah, I mean, he could be <laughs> Christian and be Jesus. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, I don't think he would sign on to a film that isn't. I don't know. Maybe it, why? It, it why? Really if it is Protestant, why would that be? It wouldn't necessarily be bad. No, no, yes. no, no, no. It, Just because it's I'm Protestant not, doesn't have to be anti-Catholic. That has that has nothing to do with it. I'm just saying there's like a history of Protestant films that maybe don't get released in theaters, but like there's a, a lot of Christian movies that come out. So my question is, it, can you label it a Catholic movie? Well, here's the thing. I mean, if if it, so, if it's a if it's a Protestant film, or or a made by non-denominational Christians. Um, we're, we're clearly we're not saying that that doesn't mean it's not going to be good, but it, there would be the possibility that us as Catholics, you know, might see some stuff that it's like missing or like that we wish was in there, but that just just because they're coming from a different construct wouldn't necessarily put in the movie. Okay, oh, right? yeah. So Affirm but Films, the- Affirm Films is one of the producers. They've made Fireproof, Facing the Giants, Faith Like Potato, Soul Surfer, so that's evangelical. All right, so then the, automatically this thing has a good chance of tanking. <laughs> Let's be honest. If, it, if it's made for the same people that made Fireproof and Soul Surfer, I uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'd even use a a movie pass day for it. But then Jim Caviezel's so good that I don't know. What? Well, hold on, hold on. ODB Films is also one of the producers. And that's a Catholic ministry that fosters an encounter with Christ through artfully made, spiritually rich films. There you so go. This is like that's a, so, that's, uh, the, that's the that's the the company I was talking about. Okay. What's the what's the word I'm looking for? Like inter. 
Denominational. Denominational. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that would be it. Interdenominational film. That makes it pretty cool, actually. Now I'm more excited again. Now I take it back. I am gonna see it. it, it just, and let the record like show. Surfer. Let the record show. It has nothing to do with whether or not it's made by Protestants. It has to do with the producers have made bad movies. That's what it has right. to do with. Absolutely. I think we yeah. could all agree that. And 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 I wanted to make another point, like from what I was saying before. So. And just be, and even if it was a Catholic group, that doesn't necessarily make it good either. And they could rightfully, you know, hold back on some overtly Catholic things that are not necessarily, you know, necessary to be shown in the movie, just to, you know, in order to to reach out to the wider audience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they don't need to force like a scene where like one of the apostles like consecrates the Eucharist. Or right. Something. Right. Yeah, although that would be although that would be pretty darn cool. Yes, <laughs> that would be pretty cool. There will, there will be there will, chances of there being incense in the music or in the movie, slim to none. You think you think at any point in the movie they'll have that um, the incense? No, they'll have the the slow uh, trailer version of "Here I Am, Lord." Oh, if they, if only they knew. I think that that did. should maybe that should be saved for the passion sequence. <laughs> yeah. Is that confirmed? The passion sequel. Yeah, that's that's happening. I'm pretty sure. It's certainly, ten bucks. Jesus better. resurrects in that one, Nola. No, he resurrected at the end of the other one. <laughs> I know. I still think that's a funny joke, though. I think it is called the resurrection, though. I would assume it's like that's that's gonna be cool. Is that Mel Gibson then? Yeah, back up in you with the resurrection. <laughs> well, um, it's gonna be a completely modernized version of it. Did you see when Jim Caviezel? Did you happen to watch the video when he like made a special appearance at the Focus conference? Yeah, we talked about that on here. Didn't That's we? right. We yeah, did talk Ricky. about that. That was that was dope, as the kids say. That was. He took that very seriously. A little too yes. seriously. Oh yeah, maybe. When he got up, <laughs> when he came out, and he went like this. Shh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's very soft-spoken. The, the only thing that would have made it better though is if he finished that whole like rousing speech with "and go see my movie yeah. Saint Paul," <laughs> yeah. March twenty-third in theaters yeah. somewhere, and then he floated away. <laughs> <laughs> You know how you know how um uh, Sean we go ah, yeah how we do that I never knew what that was from you didn't know that was from the Little Mermaid no and I did it like we we <laughs> keep singing <laughs> keep singing we we got a box and I was like singing it as someone was opening it and everyone laughed and they're like oh. We didn't know you were a fan of Little Mermaid. I said, I'm not. Why'd you say that? They're like, that's where that's from. I'm like, I don't know. I just heard my brother do it. That's you made me look like an idiot, Sean. that you get jokes from me and I get style from you. There you go. Not, not all go jokes. Figure. Just like not all go style. Figure. Father there Sean's more of a Pocahontas go. fan. Most what was that, style, Nolan? Though. I'm telling you. I said, go figure. Father Sean's more of a Pocahontas fan. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen the wind blow? What is that? What's that song? Have you ever seen the wolf cry yeah, to the, the blue, the corn, blue moon? corn moon? Whether you are white or copper skin. <laughs> <laughs> you paint with all the colors of the wind. 
All right, let's let's end there. That's this, yeah, this, this is going nowhere fast. <laughs> we'll we'll be right back. Untitled Catholic Podcast. So, something I was thinking about, which actually I'm gonna, I didn't mention, but I'm going to ask the question. I think I know the answer, but... Oh, man! <laughs> <laughs> so, I was thinking, like, just um, of a friend's situation and, like, how the concept of this idea of suffering and if you're going through a really hard time uh, and how that we... Christ can relate because of his experience on earth. So anytime that like we were to pray or blame God for something, um, we can't say that you cannot relate God because he can because of Jesus. So I was thinking about with all the, like the, the Easter coming up and while Jesus is on the cross and he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Father Sean, what is that meaning of that? Like, is he have a moment of doubt or is he referring to something? You know what I'm saying? Like, what is that? He's referring. How does that play into the big picture? He's referring to Psalm 22. So explain that. So Psalm 22 starts off, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then it goes on kind of like um, with all the things that seem to be going wrong in, in the author's life. So for argument's sake, we'll say it was King David um, because King David has been attributed to the Psalms, but there's no way of knowing that for certain. So we'll just say King David rather than saying the psalmist because that gets confusing. So let's say David wrote the Psalms and that he's kind of talking about how like he feels abandoned by God. He doesn't feel the presence of God. And he looks at his life and he sees all these things that are happening that like kind of make him feel like he doesn't feel the presence of God. But then he remembers that God was present in other parts of his life. And that, that if God was present then during those difficulties, he must be present now during these difficulties. And so how I would say that connects to Jesus on the cross, um, that, that the, you remembered Christ takes on all of sin and, and all of the pain and all the suffering that he's experiencing at that moment. And you could argue that in his humanity, he probably does not feel the presence of God. You know what I mean? Like feeling as like emotion and that kind of thing. Uh, that's kind of how I, I, I remember hearing yeah. it explained. That, that like in that moment, he he felt um, he felt in his humanity the the um, separation from God that we feel when we as as the result of sin. So, you know, he kind of took on in that moment the re you know the result of of sin which is separating from god and felt that that separation and that's why he sa says what he says am i wrong i would i would yeah and then because you look at it like remember because jesus is fully human he has emotions so we can't always control our emotions like lazarus dies and he weeps right so he knows he's going right. to raise lazarus from the dead he, uh he also knows that the people who are going to see that some of them will come to belief and others will not even though even though he does that so um he still he cries even though he's god and knows what's going on so 
I think that there's that emotion of, and, and that's what I think is important, like in our suffering, feeling the absence of God, not feeling the presence of God, does not mean that God is not there. Same thing's true in our, in our life. Um, like if you're praying and you don't feel anything, it doesn't mean that nothing's happening. Or that you're not really praying. Feelings can tend to be overrated. So that, that, is that something like that if someone were to ask for advice or is going through a hard time, like, do you point to the cross or is that, is that something that you feel like that's, that's the main image, obviously to point to, right? Yeah. But it, depending on the person and depending on how much they're suffering and what they're ready to hear. So elaborate. What do you mean? So like, like it, if somebody like had like their baby died, I'm not going to say, well, right now you're very close to Jesus because you're on the cross. Like right. I'm not, th that that's not going to work. No. You know, it's, it's really the type of thing that I think you have to, it has to be understood and, and accepted and um, transferred like before the, the suffering happens, before the trial happens. Because, you know, even for myself, I think it's the idea of, of you know, uniting your suffering to, to Christ's suffering and, and to suffering, that your suffering has no, um, does have value and meaning. Like, it, it makes so much sense when you're not suffering. It makes so, like, it's oh, yeah. lo logically, it, like, totally clicks as, as a believer and as a person of faith. But, like... You know, even in the little sufferings, like it's it's so easy to just be like, this is meaningless, this is pointless, this is hopeless, and despair. So, you know, you you, you almost have to, you know, the, the best the best scenario is when I think when when that's when it's understood, accepting before the suffering, and then because it's it's just so hard, it's just so hard for a suffering person um, to to make that, and and. And, I, and I'm with you, Father Sean. I would I would struggle to like even want to say something like that to somebody who's suffering, for fear that they think I'm trivial, trivializing right. it. And and I think that that's uh, it's important to remember that one of the things you want to train people, like you said, when they're not suffering, is you start teaching people to offer up little sufferings. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, you're hungry, you can't eat like World Youth Day. We can go back like a pilgrimage type situation. You're hungry, you're tired, you offer those up for other people. You pray for other people in those situations. So that's right. like how you start teaching how to deal with suffering. You like things like fasting, which we've talked about before on the show. Like if you instill that kind of mentality where uh, I'm, I'm going to fast on certain days and do these things you allow yourself to suffer and then you teach people to avoid seeking comfort in 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 all scenarios and situations or or even just like like the little day-to-day -day sufferings that you know are, are temporal like i think uh um, i think of like you know someone going into work and just like you know you got you got sidetracked and called into a bunch of meetings you didn't get to do you know what you plan to do like offering like that up like something like that you're going to be over over in a, in a couple of uh, days right anyway. right but like in that moment it's frustrating so like the i guess it's less suffering more like frustrations but those can like build up and add up over time if if we get good and and disciplined enough to like take those and and give them some meaning and give them some some purpose um, that when the bigger sufferings and frustrations come along, we might be better 
disposed to handle. Yeah, to deal with the inconveniences of life, which yes. allows and us... I think ho- even like getting stuck in traffic right, right. or something. And Holy Week is kind of the time to, I, I think, to really put a microscope on that. Meaning like really reflect on what Good Friday is. Specific, I mean, obviously Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter. But if you struggle with that or have some type of suffering, that, that Holy Week's that time to kind of really dial in on reflecting on the cross but at the same time like if you have things that are going really well i still think it's a good time to kind of reflect on it in preparation of the times like you said nolan that you aren't doing well so now i mean Mm -hmm. now of course it's easy to think think of the suffering and it's kind of maybe that prayer of when times aren't good to help you really understand and believe what happened on the cross so that you can then apply it to those tough times amen yeah, I, it's. I think there's no better week, and I think, you know, I'm. I'm. Gonna, I'm again. I'm thinking of myself. Like, you know, you, you get to the end of Lent, and I mean, you could really miss out on like the the most holiest time of the year because you're just like, all right, I'm done with with fasting. I'm done with not eating meat on Fridays. I'm done with like, let's just get to Easter. And here is like in those days leading up to Easter, the most holy, sacrificial, penitential you know all of the above days of the days of the year um kind of offered to us to um to really enter into that and that, that's my favorite if you didn't have a good lent i was gonna say if you didn't have a good lent then it's not too late you can make up for it <laughs> the, What's the your way the liturgies of this of, of that week because you can really feel the the um you can feel the roller coaster of the last days of Christ, uh, mm-hmm. because you think about like so you know the good the Holy Week starts and you know you have Palm Sunday so there's that kind of like celebration you're almost there, um, and then for me it's hearing a lot of confessions the next couple of days but Holy Thursday comes um, and then you have this Chrism Mass in the morning which is like a big celebration and then I. We usually go out um, with discerners and, and, and get some food, um, which is always kind of fun. Then you come back and you have the celebration of the Lord's Supper and, and how like that's joyous. And like, you know, the first mass and the installation and the beginning of the Eucharist and the priesthood. And then it like ends with you bringing the Eucharist in the to the um, altar of repose where it's like and now. So now there's like that change. He's getting arrested. And then Good Friday, you don't celebrate Mass. And there's like a different feel to it. And I always think no matter what, Holy Saturday in the morning is like the eeriest feeling um, that like of all the liturgies. Because we do morning prayer here. You're in a church. The Eucharist is not there. The tabernacle's empty. Yeah. No, you, and you can I, feel I really it. do. I really do feel like a, a like a a little bit of sadness and a, like a strong like yearning for the Eucharist right. when I'm at, at Good Friday service because um, you know that that bare that bare altar is just it's just yeah. weird it's off putting and then the joy of the Easter vigil at that on that night or if you go to mass the next day I remember I that was the, something I do love the Easter vigil yeah it's great. So so I didn't I didn't I don't know about you guys but I didn't really grow up attending a lot of the uh, the triduum um, 
that was some more something that I began to do um, in my own like young adulthood and specifically like when I started working in the church um, that's when it really became like a priority for me and uh, so like I, that was like that was like such a shock to me that was such like a, a wake-up call that uh, really entering into that the, the fullness of, of Holy Thursday Good Friday Holy Saturday and, and um, Easter Sunday and I, I can remember like clear as day that's one of those moments that shaped my faith and what it is now just you know that Good Friday service especially and then the excitement of Easter Sunday like we're gonna get to receive the Eucharist now we used to go to the seminary in Douglaston prior to Sean being in the seminary. Yeah. Uh, even as little kids? Not as, ki- not yeah, as I mean, kids. I mean, I was probably in... Like, as we started getting a little bit older. We used to go to the... Uh, probably when I was in middle school and sh- you were in high school. No, right? I think it was more like when I was in college and you were in high school. When I was in high school. Yeah. That's fair. So, I think, I think that had a... Just being witnessing that and being a part of that definitely helped things when I was in it, high school. It, it's a profound. Prof- I, th- I think it's a it's a profound thing for for somebody who's, um, especially somebody who's new to the faith or, or somebody who's who's young in the faith for for lack of a better term. I think I'm this year. I'm gonna, and that's why. Let me. I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I just thought of this that that the church's wisdom in. And having uh, the Easter vigil be when they traditionally bring people into the church and and um, you know have the R- R- conclusion of RCIA. I had um, I think I'm going to go to the Easter vigil and mass on Easter morning as well. I'm going to do both because I, I have some friends that are non-denominational that expressed interest in going to mass on Easter just to kind of see. Really. So, what about showing them the Easter Vigil, though? Is that, that too that's much? A, that's a bit of a marathon. But I think, wanna... it, I think if there was ever a time to, to go for yeah, it. Yeah, but I would it. say this. Depending on what church you were going to go to, I would want to see what the Easter Vigil looks like before I brought somebody. That's a true story, yeah. Yeah, so it would definitely be a lot of bells and whistles at the church I go to. Which so. it might be good. Father Sean, do you know... Do you know your schedule yet? Yeah, I have Holy, Holy, I have Holy Thursday. And Easter Sunday? So what nice. about Easter Sunday? How many Masses will you be saying? three, maybe? Sunday? I don't remember. Okay. Interesting. Well, I'm looking forward to following up and talking about how our Easter went uh, after Easter. Same. And then we could talk about baseball. Because... The Jets will. The Mets will be mathematically out of it though by that point. Jets will. The Mets, yeah. (laughs) And here's the first pitch, and the season's over. (laughs) (laughs) And the Jets won't have any players on their roster, so it'll be great. Well, they'll have somebody. (laughs) See, there's there there you go. There's beauty and suffering, and we've learned that from Jesus and being a Jets fan. I think sometimes it feels like we learn it more from our sports teams than our faith. Whatever. Um, (laughs) At least we. At least we have Easter. And Christmas. <laughs> oh gosh. So Nolan, um, I don't know. I don't. You, you, got, nothing, you got nothing. You got nothing. 
I was gonna make something up, but then you guys would have made fun of me, so I'm just gonna skip it this week. Yeah, I mean the the, the jig is up, right? Everyone everyone gets it. Everyone, everyone knows. No, don't say that. Mm-hmm. I still think it's hilarious. Nolan, I have a question for you. Ask so away. you have a snow day today, but the school that you're at is still open, correct? Because it snowed yes, heavier correct. where you live than than where the the school is. Yes. So of all the people that you work with, who are you happy to not have to see today? Oh, that's easy. Oh, man. Thank you you for uh, salvaging the uh, final amen there, Father Sean. Saving my job for me. (laughs) Yeah. Because now that we don't, Father, uh, uh, what's it called? Father Duffy uh, shared it with people that you work with. It's a good thing you didn't answer that question. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have but, answered that question anyway. But we all know there's someone you're thinking of. Do, I mean, don't we all have that somebody? Oh, yeah. Don't you want somebody to think about? Somebody to love. Don't you want somebody to love? Wouldn't you want somebody to love? You better find somebody to love. Your eyes, I say, your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, Father Sean, close God bless out. everyone who listened to this podcast. You've been listening to the Untitled Catholic Podcast. See you next time.